Yo, this is Julian Elijah Martinez. And this is Colin J. Harden. And you're listening to the Episode 1 Show. This is going to be titled The Fever Episode because both Colin and I have had... Uh, <laughs> this might be T-I-T-I-Y-T-T-T-M-I. This might be T-M-I. But both Colin and I, as Colin chugs his Pedialyte, and Elijah, as he's rubbing his head, have just come off of, like, hellacious sick weekends. Uh, and not sick in the good way, sick in the uh, the CDC Dr. Fauci way. And so <laughs> this might be the goofiest episode we've ever done. I wish. I wish I had the good, like, the good medicine that got you goofy and loopy and stuff. <laughs> but I couldn't find any. I don't think we had any in the house, unfortunately. So- so you're not you're not having fever dreams? No, like, no. I I wish I had had fever dreams because I couldn't sleep. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. So this episode of the episode one show, we are covering a show that surged in popularity once it was placed back in the streaming sphere. Okay. Yeah, you it, might call it a phenomenon. Yeah, so to speak the 2023 kinda, phenomenon. Yeah, it's interesting how this works, though, right? Like. These shows that were cool, like, you know, people liked them, they were popular, and then right. they have this, like, whole new life they get placed on on streamers like Peacock or or uh, Netflix, like, as this show it was, and the, the popularity surges. Right. Like, crazy. This show, right. by the way, the show that we're talking about is Suits. Um, I, I was actually, I don't know if you were a fan of this show. Were you a fan of this show? No, absolutely not. But I mean, like, that's <laughs> why because... you say it like that. <laughs> I mean, like, absolutely not. Because I was like, when suits was like, when suits was dropping, like, if to get me to watch anything that didn't have lasers and swords in it would have been like pulling fucking teeth. And so, like, I I completely missed suits when it was first like airing and premiering. Um. And now that I'm watching it now, I, I, yeah, I see why I completely not, and that's not to say that this isn't a, this isn't a, <laughs> this isn't a great show. I actually really love this pilot, but I Me see too. like why, why nerdy Elijah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I get that. Yeah. When did it drop? Like 2009? 2010. 2010. 2010. Yeah. yeah no. I, yeah. You weren't getting me to watch a bunch of white people in suits. Yeah. It, it was not something I was interested in at the time. I think I actually did catch it on a streamer. Like uh-huh. not this time around, not this, not this crazy surge that just happened, but sometime in the past. Um, cause I don't remember watching it when it was out. I, I definitely feel like I, I binged it on some kind of streamer sometime somewhere. Right. Right. Um, right. but I actually enjoyed it. I didn't, I didn't keep going with it. Sometimes I kind of fall off TV shows. It's kind of like, I don't, I don't know why you have to mm-hmm. really, really hook me. Not everything is scavengers rain. Yeah. Um, but Anyway, I think I did like two or two seasons of it, and I barely remember it, to be honest with you. But I did enjoy it. And honestly, this time around, you know how sometimes do, when we do this show, we have to watch, uh-huh. like, obviously, we have to watch the, the pilot four or five times sometimes. Yeah. This one was not not enjoyable. No, no. I think, like, I watched it, I think, three and a half times, and I think every time I was pretty entertained. I mean, like, it is such a... it is. We are once again in, like tight pilot world where mm-hmm. we're in like the world of like people who have done tv yep 
you know like you you could tell like who the people who are who are piloting the ship is are experts at what they're doing because they mm-hmm. know exactly how to make how to launch a procedural mm-hmm. that's right that's what it felt like that's what it was and and it's strange like i think about the usa network that's just a strange network of oh so strange tv right like suits and mr robot we're on there. yeah you know, I know what i'm saying like i i almost and mr robot is another one we got to do i know we're talking about suits oh, we're, but we're doing that i'm just saying like i would have guessed if i just saw like mr robot and we're talking more about usa than anything else but if i saw mr robot the the uh, trailer for that i would be mm-hmm. like this is on fx mm-hmm. you know what i mean the yeah. usa just like i don't know just found a home there a show like yeah. that and suits being like I was thought about this a lot when I was doing the research for suits and watching this. It's like these shows, they have like this, this like network feel to them, you know? Yeah. Like they have this feel like they're going to be on for eight seasons. You, yes. you kind of feel it when, when it jumps on, like yeah. it's so popular, but, but you made a good point. It's like, this is tight TV. Yes. Like this is the, we know how to make TV. We know how to make yes. network TV. That's going to last a long time. Yes, yes. So let's like let's talk a little bit about like how and why it's so tight and how why it's so um uh it, it it's it's such a you like as soon as we see this pilot we know instantly like the show that we're going to get we we know instantly the world we're going to get like mm-hmm. what like can you give me like two or three things that like from just like watching it that you're like okay that is what is considered good decent tv just from the pilot well i think now it's funny because i i was thinking about the uh the actually our very very first episode if you go back and listen to that audience members there was it was a part one part two also Uh and what i noticed one thing when there is a part one part two it functions and almost is written in in the way that a, a tv a feature film is uh-huh, yeah. um it's like a hero's journey like straight up very very uh and they take their time to um to uh kind of tell the story so some of those scenes that would be a lot shorter mm-hmm. they take a lot more time to to bear them out so to right. speak right right but like scenes that you would expect to be get out a lot faster you sit there for a long time for example like one of the the scene where harvey and mike were, were basically meeting for the first time Mm-hmm. in that room they were in there for yeah. a long time talking yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah and that was like a lot of development a lot of like kind of you they're, they're building that chemistry so they right. took their time to do that and i think that's part of the reason why you do a part one part two um but i think one of the things is yeah like you're showing two different characters one who's like uh you're talking about the batman and robin of of, of law uh-huh. one guy is like a genius loser one is like not that smart, but is like, <laughs> but he's like a, gen- faking a genius it. loser and a loser genius, basically. Yeah, right, it's basically, like- <laughs> basically, it's like Harvey Specter, and that, and that's the thing about these shows uh, that are super popular, and that's the thing we can all kind of glean from as writers and and people that like TV or storytelling. If you want to understand how this works, look at the characters. Look yes. at the characters. What do the characters tell you? And what does the writing suggest about these characters? So, like, they do a lot of things where they kind of show, like, the dual lifestyle of 
Harvey Specter and um and Mike Ross. Mm-hmm. And show like one guy's honestly, I, I you know me, my creative brain was like I would have I would have made Mike Ross look like fucked up. I would have had him with the dirty beard. You know what I'm saying? Long hair. But I think I think they did. I think the problem is, is it's on USA. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So for sure, like, for sure. you can only do you can only like they still have there's they like the worst thing that Mike does is like Mike smokes and deals pot. Like that's kind of the worst thing that he does. Now, if this was on HBO, yeah, like Mike would be on ketamine, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like you know what I mean? And like you know, and he'd be dealing fucking like I don't know, like crystal meth or some shit. But like because it's USA and it has to be palpable to you know, it's it's that was that four quadrants kind of thing, which I think yeah. is also yeah. true in TV in a lot of ways. It still has to be palpable mm-hmm. to both. You know the kid coming home from school, yeah, and then also like you know the dude coming home from work. You right. know what I mean? Like we can't, we can only go so far in one direction or another direction, um, without it like, without it like alienated a, a portion of the population. True, know? true. I mean, I think uh, well, like like I, said, I think I think I think the to answer your question, the first question was like, why do I think this is. A great like a, a a decent pilot or why is it in that tight pilot land i think one because you have a, a couple things one of one of the things my professor i want her to get on the show by the way <laughs> but uh, she told us about the attractive fantasy like the attractive mm. fantasy is like the the world that is not the it's not the real world it's not the world you live in but it's the world that you want to live in right mm. so like um Mike Ross lives in his giant apartment in New York City. Like he he's supposed to be broke and he's living in his huge apartment in New York City. It looks awesome. Like <laughs> yeah, big no, giant Mike, windows. Mike Mike lives in like Mike lives in like a um in like a, a, a warehouse apartment in fucking Dumbo. Right. And the, and yeah, it might be twenty it might be two thousand and ten, but even still in two thousand ten yeah. that was that was an expensive no, pretty apartment. penny pretty penny for sure <laughs> yeah and he lives there with his like his buddy trevor who sells weed but he sells weed but okay this is the only thing that made me think maybe that maybe this does work trevor might be footing the bill for this place because uh-huh. trevor is selling weed like like he, he's moving weight you know what i'm saying like uh, yeah i guess yeah. He, he's moving real weight he, he said he has like twelve two thousand dollar suits in the back <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy who would like pay your rent just to have you hang out with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. that I, I can kind of get go there with it. So, but anyway, either way, either way, you have the attractive fantasy there. Like he's living in New York City. That's already there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and you have like this guy who is not living up to his potential. Who's who feels like they're living up to their potential in life? Nobody. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. all Mike Ross. Okay. Yeah, and then we want to see him succeed, and we already know he's going to. We just want to know how he's going right. to do it. So the 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 story the story that connects to all of us is one we all identify with Mike Ross. Mm-hmm. We all either have met somebody like Harvey Specter, or we we hated somebody like Harvey Specter, but we like Harvey Specter, so we're we're confused right. about that. We're like, why? why is this guy so charming but we hate him you know <laughs> you know what i mean because right. he has his own stuff so then um i think they just do a really great job of setting up all these different character dynamics uh and and uh so yeah i think that's the reason why it it kind of sits in that that tight 
TV land where you you kind of like you know what you're about to get kind of, mm-hmm. but they they kind of throw some interesting things at you that kind of get you into the show. Right, right. I'm, I, it really does lean on the idea of American meritocracy versus like, um, what quickly is like what we're all kind of realizing is the reality, which is like there are gates and there are gatekeepers and people are holding the door. And I think the thing, the reason why we love Mike so much is the fact that like he exemplifies the everyday man and that, and that his talent um, is hidden, that his talent is, is pushed down or oppressed. And when he's allowed to express his talent, then he can rise up in the ranks and get to a position uh, that is comparable to Harvey, you know? Um, and then Harvey, who's representing this kind of, you know, uh, more of a person in position of power, his whole journey, we, we quickly kind of realize is one of learning compassion and one of learning, um, uh, empathy. And so we have these two dueling, like symbols of American society. We have the, you know, we have the person who's on the, at the top of the ivory tower, who's all in cases who's all like pretty much a sociopath (laughs) (laughs) you know him learning empathy and then we also have the everyman um and him getting to his rightful place um and they have and they need each other i think that's also the big thing is that they both need each other to get to where they they need to go yeah that's and that's so that's so true And, and when you said that that made me think about um when jessica pearson she sits with the can't remember the cat's name, the actor, but anyway, she she sits with the, her, her her predecessor, uh-huh, and, yeah, um, yeah, who who's literally like the rich white man in every fucking thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. That dude plays rich white man better than anybody. He's the goat of rich white man. <laughs> the goat rich white man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like whatever. Anyway, when <laughs> she sits down with him and he's and she's like, uh, you know. Basically, you know, I want, I want to, I want to hire this man. I want to promote him rather. And, but he's not, he's not there. What do I do? And he's like, just uh-huh. shove empathy down his throat, which is funny to, uh, to me because like everything about that world points towards a lack of empathy. Right. Yeah. So what yeah. they're trying to, what they're trying to say to us is interesting is that like in order to, to in order to be a leader in this, in this world, regardless of what you might think about how cutthroat it is it's really more about empathy right yeah so that's another thing that's really endearing to us too so as we see these people like cut corners and like lie and Mm -hmm. try to get things done you know what they're really trying to say is that this is being done for a a positive purpose a positive reason right Um, and positivity is the thing that that actually drives this world which is is that true? We're not entirely sure, but that's what they're signaling to us now. No, pilot. but it, it goes it goes back to this uh, that you know what you were talking about with the fantasy. I mean, like we, I mean, we as Americans, we kind of recognize that inherently our society is problematic. However, we we want our TV to reflect our what we believe to be our our ideals. You know what I mean, and our that's values, right. and right. so like. American values are often are often in conflict with what America society actually does. Uh-huh. And so yes, we value the fact that people are empathetic. 
we value the fact that like people use their powers for good. And oftentimes what ends up happening is we realize like, no, people are actually cutthroat and people are actually this, that, and the third. And so, but we, we want to escape into some sort of like belief that like, no, actually, even if you're at that position, like even if you're senior partner of the bit of the greatest law firm on the, on the planet, you will still do a pro bono case in which you will like protect a woman who has been um, sexually harassed. Right. You know what I mean? Even if you, you know, you, this law firm only hires people who went to ha- Harvard. We want to believe that this law firm will give the uh, give a down and out genius uh, a shot and an opportunity. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like those are the things that we that that we as Americans value, even though that's not what our society necessarily tout. That's not how you actually get ahead in this society. Yeah, that and that and that's the thing. I think it's funny because of the last couple ep- episodes of this show, we've been going a little deeper into um, <laughs> into <our laughs> politics related to TV. Yeah, yeah. We're like, but you we're, can't not. You can't. You can not. not. Yeah, you have you can't. to. You have to. You have right. to because right. like there's no way. There's a reason. Like I say. Like I said in the episode before. Um, <laughs> there's a reason why certain characters connect with a large audience or get greenlit to you know right. the, and and again this this show and and there's an i think there is an art to kind of and and i think suits like uh bridges this really well like um uh, good american values in a cutthroat law firm like mm-hmm. you know it's it's hidden it's hidden underneath the the uh the layers within the television show um right. you, you know you have to be you know people who like to analyze tv in order to <laughs> to pull them up like us um yeah. but when you're watching it it's just an enjoyable ride so i mean what let's let's get into kind of like the you know get really the real start of the show where we start talking about like the way they introduce character you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but even before we do that let's um let's hop on uh our elevator pitches do you have an elevator pitch yeah i got an elevator pitch okay all right, all right, ready? All right. Cue the music. All right. So I have this idea for a TV show, okay? Uh-huh. It's it's very similar to... It's it's almost similar to the ones that you've seen in the past related to the legal... Air, the legal... Uh, um, my pitch is dying right in front of us right now. So... <laughs> Bob Iger okay. just walked out of the I know. Room. I'm like... All right. No. Um... All right, so this is this is this is it. Okay, we've got two guys. One is a genius level down and out loser, who all he wants to do is become a lawyer, and we have another guy, and all he wants to do is rise in the ranks of his high power law firm, and they need each other to be able to achieve their goals. This to show it's a case of the week, but it's also a character study. There's there's great. Uh, dynamics between the the main character and the the other guy uh, we're gonna call it suits for whatever reason i don't know why but um that's what i got for you <laughs> actually i have a pretty good reason why it's called suits but all right go ahead go ahead that's <laughs> that was a terrible pitch but no that was a great uh that that's that was a great pitch i mean if you can like if you can get me some two very handsome white guys with blue eyes to star as a lead, you got a billion dollars. 
a billion bazillion dollars. <laughs> um, that's better than me because all I literally had, and once again, uh, listeners, like I said, this is the fever episode. Both me and Colin have been struggling with fevers this weekend. Um, I had, what if Batman and Robin were high power lawyers? I actually really like that though. That, that's, Why do you like that? Because it's it's short and concise. That's all it is. It's like, because <laughs> it makes you say, what do you mean by, like, it makes you want to ask a question, right? Right. Like, what do you mean Batman and Robin? Who's Batman? Who's Robin? Why? So, like, then you start getting into that. I mean, I don't know. I think it's good. I think it's good. Yeah. And it's interesting well, because when, as, as I look at my notes, uh, one of, originally the in the development history, this was supposed to be a half hour entourage type uh, show based on uh, the the creator's experiences on Wall Street, oh, but wow. then it kind of shifted. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I don't think that would have worked. No, I don't think that would have worked because, like, and and I think like once we get into our log lines, I, I want to ask you this question: mm-hmm. um, Who is this? Who is the lead of the show? Uh, I'm gonna say it's got to to me from what I can from the pilot. I'm gonna say it's Mike. Just from the pilot, yeah, Mike. Because I think it shifts as the show goes on. As because I'm looking at who's number one on the IMDb list, I think it shifts as the show goes on. But based on the pilot, who do you think the lead is? Uh Mike. Mike Ross. Yep, I agree. Mike Ross. It's his yeah. story. It's his. It's his journey. It's his. You know, he's the one trying to achieve a, a particular goal. All the other other stories there are are secondary. You mm-hmm. know. Um, so yeah, definitely Mike Ross. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying like, if it was an entourage style show, the reason why we love entourage, I think is, is that we love, we love the, we love looking at celebrity culture and we love looking at hall of, um, Hollywood culture as absurd as, you know, as jesters, as this, that, and the third. Um, but I don't think like a, a essentially a procedural that will exist as kind of like, you know, not that will exist like the way law and order exists, which is basically like background noise and like um, uh, comfort food. I don't think like us watching that about Wall Street dudes will will give us that same kind of feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like if Harvey is incapable of empathy, which is essentially like a big chunk of those people in Entourage are. I'm not watching this. You know what I mean? If Mike is a complete and utter dick, you know, who's like basically just like womanizing and doing all this other kind of shit, like I wouldn't watch this. The reason I watch this is because Mike is so endearing and Harvey is so charming, but they both have places to go. And they both have places to go that are um that are 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 positive in my own kind of value set. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah, did you want to jump? In? What do you want to do? You want to jump into uh, character? Yeah, let's jump in the character. We'll get to our our log lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Character. So character. how did, how? Did, so I think like you know let's like well since we're saying that Mike is our lead, I'm gonna start first with like how he's introduced, which I think is really great, and also like uh, when I was looking at the script very briefly, I I would like pull that out as like my as my script to screen kind of section to look at. Um, You know, Mike immediately is introduced. He's at a law school entrance test. Um, He's already finished, even though everyone is working 
still working. You can tell by like how with his test, it's like flipped on, it's like flipped over and um, he's like twirling uh, his, his pencil and he's mm-hmm. whistling and yawning where everybody else is like deep in the middle of the test. Um, and we initially, we, we get a look from the proctor and then he proceeds to like start pretending to like work on his test automatically you know we are starting to have questions about this dude like who is this guy who's in a college entrance exam already finished why is he yawning he he's probably pretty brilliant um and as we kind of continue on in that scene he mike ends up using a lot of his guile a lot of his wit to then get out of a situation he's able to uh, get his test in. We we realize pretty quickly that Mike is taking this test for somebody else. He is almost caught. He manages to evade the proctor. He manages to slip his test in, um, and he also manages to get off scot free. You know, um, so all of those things we get we get Mike's kind of superpowers, but we also see in the very following scene when he then gets cheated out of his money we also see that mike is capable of being cheated mike is capable of being pushed down the totem pole mike is not even though he is so smart and he's so brilliant mike is somebody who is in desperate need of a lot of things right you're right now i mean the the, i'm not gonna lie the when the dude cheated him, I would have punched that motherfucker in his face. I would, I would, <laughs> real. And that's, but see, see, me and Mike are different. We different. Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Mike, when the when the dude says, when the dude says, "Well, call the cops," I'm like, "Well, all right," and I'm punching him in the face. And yeah. I'm like, you call the cops, nigga. Like, <laughs> right. I was, I, I was, I was really upset. I was like, dude, he that you could easily take that dude and get your money. But but again, that 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 I mean, I'm half joking, but like I'm saying something about his character, too. It's like he's like he's not a fighter. He he's, no. he uses his brain. You right. know, if he gets cheated, he's he's like, all right, well, I got cheated. I did what I was supposed to do. I, you know, I did what I had to do. And we're right, moving right. on. You right. Know? Right. Well, he's also very he's kind of passive in this instance, you know, and over the course of the pilot, he becomes he becomes unpassive he becomes more active you know yeah yeah i think okay and 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 so for for mike like again you gave a, you gave a great description of his his introduction mm-hmm. and so so we can we can talk a little bit about the harvey because harvey kind of opens the show really mm-hmm. harvey and jessica pearson and and lewis lit and i actually like the way they put all three of those in that very opening scene yeah, yeah. kind of told a lot of what you needed to know about their dynamic and their relationship and, and right. parts of their character. And uh, so when when they open the show, it's actually I don't have you ever seen Michael Clayton? No, it's on my list of things to watch. OK, Michael yeah. Clayton opens almost exactly like this. If they're not referencing it, I'm I'm going if somebody says they're not referencing it, I'm going to slap them. There's no way. <laughs> no, I'm just you know. But anyway, they the way it opens it opens similarly to this. Like uh-huh. it's it's like chaos, like pandemonium inside this law firm. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. going crazy. Like what's going on? And, you know. So in this show, uh, Lewis Litt is sta- standing there, and he's like, he's the calm one in the room. He walks to Jessica Pearson, and Jessica Pearson says, "We find out Jessica Pearson, black woman, is mm-hmm. the boss, which is awesome." Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, get Harvey. And he's like, no, 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 I can handle it. I can handle it. Lewis says that. And then uh, she's like, nah, <laughs> you yeah, can't. Yeah, she doesn't even say nah. She just, she just shoots him a look. Yeah, she doesn't say anything. Yeah. 
and then we see uh harvey harvey is like looks like he's playing cards with a bunch of like judges or some shit right and um anyway obviously he wins because he has his that's his super his superpowers he reads people right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh which is a poker player is kind of like superpower he wins you know and then he gets a text he also gets an offer for a job which he turns down and says he's not leaving jessica right and then he gets a text from jessica and saying i need you and he leaves right then drops everything Mm -hmm. says pay me later all right he runs over there and then he actually delivers my coldest line, which I'll say later. But um, he talks to this guy, Gerald. Gerald, who the last time I saw him, he, it was on a TV show called Ozark, where he played a gangster. And, and, and he was so good in it. And that guy, he's, he is a imposing white man. He's one of those white uh-huh. men. He's kind of one of those old, white, tall white dudes that would scare you if, you were, if he was mad at you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like uh, Gerald, the guy, Gerald's character. Anyway, um, which was great casting because you put him up against Harvey Specter and Harvey right. Specter dresses him down. Right. Doesn't you know, even blink. Doesn't blink. Know. Stands there, looks him dead in the eye, is not scared mm-hmm. and uh, and and kind of uses his wit to to kind of win the day, win the scene mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then move on. So I think for for that, what we see is Lewis. He wishes that he could gain Jessica's favor. Mm-hmm. Jessica has her her favorite, which is mm-hmm. Harvey. Harvey is a cocky bastard mm-hmm. who is smart, but not in the same way that Mike is. He's mm-hmm. more like uh, he understands people like he manipulates people and he kind of like is able to uh, kind of focus on their, their self-interest and manipulate that. So right. that's what that's what he does in that scene. That's what we kind of see him do throughout the the show. Right. Well, and speaking of superpowers, but like Harvey, so you said it. You're like Harvey superpowers that he can read people. But then once again, what is his vulnerability? The fact that he has no empathy, even though he can read people. You know, Mike's superpower is that he he understands anything that he reads, right? But then his weakness is the fact that like even though he can understand everything that he reads he's inherently a very passive person and is easily manipulated right you know? so like w- like what's great about that is their superpowers are also tied to their weaknesses um which then gives them something internally to fight and something internally to kind of work towards mm-hmm. um what i also kind of love this is a bit of a tangent but we get this kind of repeatedly through the entire pilot um is everyone's is named frequently I think I was like, I was like looking at it and I think everyone, everyone, someone says a main character's name up until I think the second commercial break. So that's about halfway through where we're getting repeatedly, this is Harvey, this is Jessica, this is Lewis, this is Mike, this is Harvey, Mm -hmm. this is Jessica, this is Lewis, this is Mike, just in case you missed it. And then oftentimes those names are then tied with some sort of adjective. So like Harvey's always tied with the best closer in the city. The best closer in the city. Mm-hmm. The best closer in the city. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think is, uh, uh, which I when we're talking about TV and writing for TV, like it, this isn't film. You know what I mean? And so, like, you need to say those things because you don't know where people are 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 coming in. Yeah, you know, really they could good. be coming in at the top. They could be coming in at the bottom. They could be cooking. They could be having a conversation with their friend. You know, 
this is 20 this is uh, you know 2010 but even at 2010 we still had cell phones we were still doing the second screen kind of thing you know what i mean like suits is a great second screen television show and i don't mean that in a pejorative way that's a good that's a good observation and you're right because like i thought about i actually thought about this and i guess i didn't you kind of were able to crystallize the reasoning for why i was really kind of taken with the the naming the character naming mm-hmm. um i was like harvey specter god damn it that's a good ass uh tv it's a good name, name. yeah <laughs> harvey specter perfect TV name Jessica Pearson like I didn't forget any of them Lewis Litt no. there's alliteration yeah. um Mike Ross I, Mike Ross was the only one I was almost forgetting right <laughs> you know we, they don't say right. his name a lot uh they say Mike but they don't say his full name um right. and I almost was wanting to call him Mark but it was a good point though like they do do that a lot they do right and like even even Harvey says talks about Jessica he's like Jessica Pearson right all the time you right, know, right, say right. full name no, that's a good point i mean you have to do that and you have to be intentional about it like you said it's it's a this is these are people know how to make tv yeah yeah and they're instantly like because these are going to be the and then we also have one other person but she doesn't pop in until like part two um but she's important as well which is rachel um Dang. yeah and so like but even still like these are the people that we're going to follow for eight uh, eight seasons and we need to instantly and i think like i remember i think kira was saying this when she guest starts when she uh, uh guest hosted but like we're, you're trying to sell a tv show you know what i mean you're not trying to just sell this tv show to an audience but you're also trying to sell this tv show to your producers and stuff and so like they need all those names because they need to know like okay this is the person that is going we're going to follow for eight seasons you know what i mean and this is the person that like say like all right we're gonna try to sell merchandise about this is the person that say like we're gonna like need that actor to come in and and promote the show this is the person who might get spinned off into another tv show which we saw with with pearson or this is the person that might get a whole fucking movie you know as we saw with what happened with the sopranos right it's like you need these are the people that we have to like latch on to you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because without without mariska you don't have svu (laughs) <laughs> I'm like mm-hmm. flat out, you know. Without Ice T, you ain't got us for you, like dead ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I mean the way the way we. So okay, moving moving on. Uh, what's our what's our next segment, Elijah? What we got next? Oh, uh, we get into let's Not get into ABC. Let's oh, ABC. Get into the ABCs of this. What are the ABCs? What do we? And I think this is I think this is tough because you know like unlike. D Space Nine, which we did in way, 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 way back when in episode one, <laughs> you know, we did D Space Nine, which was a two-parter, but it essentially like worked as a single pilot. What I think Netflix did is Netflix um, packaged the first episode and the second episode because the first episode, I think, tonally is so different from the second episode. And I think you need to package the second episode because actually the second episode is what the TV show actually is. You know what I mean? Um, so I think for me, like coming up with the ABCs for this is tough because I think they're totally two different episodes and but we're looking at it as one. And so like, what is the A plot for one? It yeah. kind of shifts and changes. I'm, I'm going to try to work through it because like for the same reason what, what you're saying, because like. Mm-hmm. So like we, we got, OK, 
Let's do it by character. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't do it like I I usually do. Usually I'll write them out. I did not. But um, so I'll do it by character. Yeah, no, it was real bad. <laughs> For this one, we talk about Mike. Okay, mm-hmm. Mike's storyline. Mike is a down and out guy. He needs twenty five thousand dollars to to save his grandmother. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of like the first thing. Um. That that was kind of the the hero's journey he was being placed on, or or the 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 we'll say we'll say the the a punishment of the protagonist. Mm-hmm. That was the first punishment. It was like he doesn't have enough money to take care of his grandmother, right? So he needed to find a way to do that. He gets set up by his buddy, but in the setup he ends up gaining like the thing that he wanted the most, which is kind of crazy, like kind of interesting coincidence right right he ends up getting he all he wanted to do was ever all he ever wanted to do was go to law school and become a lawyer mm-hmm. um and then instead of getting set up the thing that was supposed to help him be able to help to save his grandmother he ends up landing a job at a crazy giant <laughs> when i say it out the loud the law firm <laughs> like the law firm like the he, law firm he, he in goes, new york city <laughs> He goes from he's like he's the equivalent is like he's an actor who all he wants to do is just be a movie star. Yeah. But he but he keeps fucking up and then he suddenly lands at CAA. <laughs> right. Right away. <laughs> but right away. But, yeah. But yeah, it it would it would be as if like he was going he, he was going to uh he decided that he wanted to learn how to fly planes and on the way to the the class to fly planes he got he landed caa there like that that would be kind of what a, <laughs> the equivalent of that like how did that happen like, anyway yeah so so in my in my mind like that that it's kind of like that's the a of that episode it's like how do you do this one because like in, in the deep space nine one it did feel like one episode of television and you're right yeah. This yeah. one does feel like two, and honestly, I couldn't I couldn't distinguish between the two because I I did watch it continuous. I didn't yeah. watch it in two separate things. I don't know if you yeah. Did. Well, I think and I think I know where it kind of lands. I mean, I think like it. So the climax of I think part one is while is as Mike is kind of running around the hotel room and he and the hotel and he ends up you know he's trying to run from plot he's trying to learn from the police and then he manages to slide into this interview with harvey and i think the interview with harvey would have been the end of that of that first episode you know and then okay. he okay. yeah and so then you have that little montage at the end with him getting the suits which then would have been his you know which would have been the cliffhanger which would then dr- lead us into the next episode where he it's him walking up the steps getting ready for his first day um I thought that like if you tie the fact that like Mike will Mike change his life enough to because we don't get the he doesn't actually get the money to like make sure his grandma grandmother isn't transferred mm-hmm. and because we never know that Mike is really into like wanting to be a lawyer until that meeting I can only assume that everything he's doing is to stop his grandmother from being transferred. And because exactly. that hasn't happened yet, I would say that is the A plot. That's a great point. And I think that's that's 100% right. And I, that, I, I assumed maybe that Harvey does give him that 25000 as the signing bonus. Mm-hmm. As he said. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> did, oh, did yeah, that, that's did, right. 
but did he but did he do it though and we don't see the grandma barely anymore the only time yeah we don't yeah the only time we, we see the grandma again is like the grandma was like the, there's always like you know it's a hero's journey story so yeah. you got jiminy cricket you know what i'm saying you got you know the, the conscious that that's your guide that's grandma yeah. that's grandma yeah yeah. So when he wanted to give up, when everything was falling apart, his grandma was like, "This is the thing that you wanted to do, mm-hmm. and and if so, you're gonna run through a brick wall to go get it." And she's right. like, "All right, okay, I'll do it." Uh, that's right. the only time we see grandma again. But honestly, when I saw grandma again, she she wasn't in a good she wasn't in a good place. No, 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 no. It was like the lights were off. It was like the middle of the night. Yeah. She was like sitting up in bed. I was like, oh, no, this woman's on her last leg. And that's what made me think Harvey <laughs> didn't give him the money. I was like, yeah. okay, well, maybe I'm like, you know. Well, because if he, if I have to believe that Harvey didn't give him the money, because if he did, um, had he left, the, because, uh, and, and I think like once we're getting into like, all right, so what are what are our issues? And one of my issues is the fact that like, and when I was rewatching this, I noticed this. When Mike says to Harvey, "I've always wanted to be a lawyer," or mm-hmm. you know, and I'm paraphrasing that, I had no fucking idea. It came out of nowhere. That's right. And when and when Mike is like fighting for the job during the interview with Mike with Harvey, I'm like, but why though? You don't know that he's gonna give you the money that you need to help your grandmother. You don't know actually that he's going to actually give you a job. You're just kind of like there trying to escape from the cops. And then all of a sudden there's a, a huge pivot where you're like, oh, fuck, I can, I'm going to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And so because we don't have that information, once when Mike decides to like quit, I'm like, all right, cool, quit, bro. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, he ain't pay you. This is a fucked up situation. You're going to get caught. Yeah, like, nigga, quit. Get out of there as fast as you can. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. It's, yeah. I didn't think about all the the things that needed to (laughs) to happen right in order for Mike to get this job. And then, and you're right. I, I, and you know what? I'm I'm really mad at these TV people for the the people who created this one because they really got me. They got me. Did you miss that? I missed. I missed all the. In my mind, I'm like, okay. I thought about. Actually, wrote something down about it around about coincidence Mm -hmm. in TV, right? Uh And like how coincidence should only. And this is a theory, so obviously it's not. It hasn't been vetted yet for me. I just thought of it today or yesterday, but it was um basically coincidence should be should have low stakes attached to them. If there's gonna Mm -hmm. be coincidence in your TV show. Like if something if something's gonna be reliant if a plot element is gonna be reliant on coincidence, it should be very low stakes so mm-hmm. that the audience can like let it wash over their head real quick. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. thought that's what Suits was doing a lot of. That's what I was watching and seeing Suits do a lot of. But then mm-hmm. I didn't realize <laughs> until you just said it that like no, there's the whole fucking plot of this is reliant on a giant coincidence. Yeah. Um and 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 we and we still let it wash over us. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's what, and, and and some of that is okay if we know like inherently what the character's actual motivations are. Mm-hmm. Like Mike's actual motivation is not to get the $25,000 to his grandmother. That's just essentially a plot device to get Mike to actually accept the job with Trevor. Mm-hmm. It's, good, Mike, it's to get him to the hotel. 
is to get in the hotel. What Mike actually wants is he says it in his very first scene and he says, I need to change my life around. Mike and and Mike's, you know, we I have a teacher named Evan Unulis who now works at Juilliard. And she says this for actors. She's like, every character has what's called a gaping hole. And the gaping hole is, I don't know if I've mentioned this in Mm-mm. the past, but the gaping hole is a peer, is something of that was traumatic in their past that they're trying to then get over or they're fighting the entire rest of the play to like fill to to get over so like for mike what is his what is the traumatic thing that happened to him in the past parents passed no no it's not that because that's he says that but <laughs> that's, that's not it <laughs> it's not that no it's not what is you know it? what's you know what's the tragic thing that happens in the past it's the fact that he got kicked out of school okay with trevor because trevor Trevor kicked him out. Or Trevor's... Because what he says to Trevor, what he says uh, to Harvey, is he says that Trevor convinced me to sell that math, uh, math test. test. And, it's and when you sell that math test, yeah. that's the reason why I'm not a lawyer. Right, right, And that's right. the thing that's haunting Mike. So, like, that's haunting Mike. And so, all of a sudden, he sits in this meeting with Harvey, and he's like, oh, my God, I could become the lawyer that I've always dreamed that I wanted to be. Right. But those things seem, for me, at least watching it, seem so just like off the cuff and kind of out of nowhere that I'm like, I have no idea that like, oh, okay, he actually really, 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 really wants this job and he sees what a wonderful opportunity this is. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not as mad about that, though, because it like there's not there's not a lot of time to set up that he really really wanted to be a lawyer that's all he wanted to be he was a lawyer like what what we do see i mean what we know about being a lawyer or, or what what being a lawyer kind of meant means uh-huh. slash meant was like ooh, that's a great it's a trade it's a great job it pays well right. um it, it could it could get you to financial freedom and it's a respected job it's a respected uh profession mm-hmm. uh mike ross wants to change his life he's he's a genius but he smokes too much weed and he's an underachiever so right. i mean it does it, it kind of you know it, it, it kind of tracks that he would want to be a lawyer so like like when he mm-hmm. mentions it it sure. doesn't and also yeah remember he was doing the the lsat exam at his, at his opening it wasn't like it was right. completely out of nowhere that well, he wanted to be a lawyer here's the thing is like because we don't we don't realize that oh actually he's been studying the LSAT he he studied for the bar he da 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 this his genius actually is in law no. you know what I mean yeah uh, any test really it's any it's any test so and because his genius is in any test like all that law stuff at the beginning is just kind of like for me I'm just like oh he's just fucking brilliant you know what I mean it's when you were saying about coincidences and coincidences being low stakes coincidences aren't coincidences if it's tied to what the character wants, right? So like if we knew that Mike is secretly yearning to become a lawyer and then all of a sudden he ends up at the hotel place of the biggest law firm that he possibly can and then walks into uh uh walks into this interview, you know what I mean? We as an audience, I mean me as an audience will buy that. You right. know what I'm saying? If I knew that like that's what Mike wants. So- Just like Luke Skywalker. Like if like Luke Skywalker coming upon the droids and all Luke Skywalker wants is adventure that works 
Right. You know what I mean? Because that's that's the that's the hero's journey kind of shit. That's right. the gods, you know, giving the call to action. You know, that's storytelling. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think that now I think we we might be coming up on a new theory, a new uh, theory about plot. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bear it out a little bit more, but I think like think about it, right? You you made a good point when you, a great point I think because when we talk about coincidence and plot. The, the coincidence that like beams in my mind is when he's at the LSAT and the proctor knocks over, like gets distracted by mm-hmm. somebody knocking over right. a, a test. And then he goes to pick it up and then they got and then uh, Mike takes his and then throws it up underneath the others. Right. 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 So I'm like, OK, that's that helped him not get caught ish. You know, right. um, like ultimately not get caught and and get out of this particular situation. What were the stakes really high for the plot of this entire show? No, um, mm-hmm. but it kind of I guess showed some of his character. Like he's an opportunist. He mm-hmm. you know he's he's quick on his feet. He's a witty guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. So him getting to the Chilton Hotel. And running away from the cops and finding his way. And also remember, he used his genius to get to this the this uh little the, the interview process also. Right, right, right. Um right. getting there is not a coincidence. It's right. a coincidence in real life, but it's not a coincidence in the world of this show, in the world of this right. story. Because right. like you said, it is what he really, really wanted. So it's it's interesting. I'm re- I'm really gonna start looking at this very clearly. To see well, I was if, watching, it, if, I, if yeah. I see it in other things. Yeah, and I was watching um I'm watch I'm on TikTok and I'm watching I'm like <laughs> my TikTok is so random now. Now it's like I'm now stumbled onto the animation TikToks. Okay. So now it's a bunch of TikToks of animators basically talking about the animation process. And this one guy talks about the Lego movie. And he says that like what is interesting about the protagonist of the Lego movie is the fact that like the reason why we root for him is the fact that like he keeps getting knocked down and he keeps getting back up. And oftentimes, and it's the way that he gets back up that becomes interesting. And oftentimes it's through either sheer luck and, or it's, it's through sheer just like his own kind of like guile, his own kind of wit, his own kind of like abilities to, to transform. Like he gives the example of like the Lego guy puts a thing on his head and then becomes a wheel. Right, but you had to have the lucky opportunity for the thing to come into his hand for it to for him to realize to put it on his head and go for the wheel. And so for a character like Mike, who's essentially basically the Lego guy from the Lego movie, it's the same kind of thing. He keeps getting knocked down, he keeps getting knocked down, but he also is a very lucky person. And so that luck and his talent is actually being able to utilize those opportunities that have come along with him, you know. It's like you need both of those things in order to have that kind of protagonist, you know, who's one of these like beaten down characters, but who manages to always pick himself back up and always keep going. Always, and that's why we keep rooting for him, you know, because mm-hmm. if not, he's fucking Oliver Twist. And then we're like, all right, well, <laughs> that's just sad. <laughs> it, it is. You know, he's Tiny Tim. We're like, ah, fuck, man. This kid, you know, stop smoking <laughs> weed, bro. <laughs> Dare. 
Keep right. your kids off of drugs, That's another man. Thing. <laughs> this was another. This was another like anti weed, <laughs> anti weed show <laughs> as well. It yeah. was very much a like weed. Oh no, we don't. We don't do. This was 2010 though. So a lot this of people. 2010, like. New, like there ain't a weed store like on every corner and it like it is in New York now. That's the irony. Like though. you know, huh? I said that's the irony though because ten years later, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this show doesn't even work because weed is legal. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Trevor, Trevor won't be buying twelve thousand dollars suits if weed nah. is legal. No, no. <laughs> this does not work. And people will be smoking weed. Like everybody at the law firm will be smoking. There will be no drug test. Hell yeah, yeah. Jessica! Like Jessica will be in her office smoking as we. I like, mean, Jessica's like, smoking anyway. Like Jessica's <laughs> doing all kinds of drugs if she wants to. She's the boss. That's, drug tests are not for the boss. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. I know. Like you, you also don't walk out wearing. Um, uh, what that outfit that just because also it's Gina, it's Gina Torres, and like let's just say Gina Torres. Okay, okay, look, we Lord, Lord, Lord have mercy. <laughs> oh my! And this, God. I had a crush. I've had a crush on Gina Torres since um since Firefly. So like oh, this yeah, is a long. Right. I didn't watch crush. that. Y'all dorks watch that. I'm not, I'm a dork too. <laughs> Let me stop. I, I'm like a anyway. I'm like a diet dork. Y'all are like, oh god. Yeah, that's Firefly deep. Firefly people like, are deep, deep dorks. That's a deep cut. Firefly is a deep cut. Yeah. All right, we're we're on a complete another tangent. Oh yeah. Um, what is all right? So let's let's wrap this up. So uh, a plot. You know, it's it's we can say it's Mike <laughs> trying to change his life. Mike trying to get money for his grandmother. Right. Uh, Gina Torres's uh, outfit, and then the B plot. <laughs> what <laughs> what would be the B plot? Uh, so uh, does it rise to the level of a story? I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but Harvey Specter, Harvey Specter takes on a new associate in order to curry favor with his boss and get the promotion that he deserves. Yeah, that's that's the same. That's the same. And I was wondering if like you could tie that into Mike's story, but I think you need Harvey to have his own separate thing because similar to Billions, this is like a it's basically a two-hander and you know the pilot might be centered around mike but as we move along the show harvey's going to become centered mike's going to become centered harvey's going to become centered mike's going to center they're going to like kind of pass the baton i think yeah i actually thought about billions a lot with the, when i was watching this believe it or yeah. not they're completely different um but they have they have similar aesthetic uh yeah and tone ish uh, this is a couple of you know, obviously, the show has like these weird musical interludes that let you know it's a, a network TV show. Let's um, let's just say let's just say that the the Black Keys were making a shit ton of money in God. 2010. Jesus, so how yeah. many shows did we see? Yeah, set in 2010 with Expanse? the fucking Black Keys nipple dro- uh, uh, needle drop. Yeah, nipple drop. <laughs> I was about to say nipple drop. <laughs> that needs to be cut. That needs to be cut. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna get canceled. That to, needs to be cut. <laughs> I had to call it out. I'm so sorry. I couldn't let it go because I'm a fucking ten year old. Uh, I couldn't. But no, nah, but for real, for real, like the show could be set in space. Black Keys. Black Keys. The show could be set in Australia. Black Keys. Black Keys. <laughs> 2010. The Black Keys made so much money. That's probably when they haven't had an album in forever. Remember when we went to go see them at 
The Roots Picnic? Back in 2009? Back in 2009? That's when they were hot. That's when they were going to get their money. <laughs> Another tangent. Another, right. Another tangent. All right. C-plot. <laughs> C-plot. Um, I think C-plot is actually, and, and and I don't have much to talk about part two because I do think that part two is, is just episode two. But I think it's does might get justice um, for for the case. You know, I think that whole and and then all of a sudden we're in we're in case of the week territory. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. I mean it's like Mike. You know, Mike uses empathy to 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 win his first case. Like you can just mm-hmm. you can boil it all the way down to that. Then you could say, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Mike. Mike uses his empathy. To win his first case. Right, right. And then everything else after that, like, we we just get, it all just kind of gets tied up in, in the A plot and the B plot. Like, Lewis Litt's whole thing about him, like, stealing Gerald is tied in, Har- in Harvey. Mm-hmm. It gives stakes to Harvey and Harvey losing his promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like, the stuff with Rachel and, and Rachel helping out Mike, it's tied with Mike getting justice for the woman. You know, um... Everything up into like like Jessica uh, and her whole quest to teach Harvey empathy is about Harvey getting back his promotion. Like right. it all is is all essentially tied into those three things. I think. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Sweet. I think well, I think that that's a good. Works. I think that's a. I think that's a good time for us to take a break, and okay. then we're going to get into some awards and sections. Hell yeah! <laughs> I don't so, know why I said that. Because <laughs> you are. Deep in a fever. <laughs> you are. Clearly. Here's our Game of Thrones reference. You are essentially uh, Drog- Kyle Drogo. Yeah. That's what I felt like <laughs> before he died. Right before he died. I was dying, dude. All right. Oh. We'll take the break. Here. All right. We'll be back. And we're back. And so we're going right into a few of our segments, a few of our awards. Um, but before we do that, I'm, I'm curious, man, what do you think the uh, the promise of this show will be based hmm. on this pilot? The promise of the show. I see one, a budding, growing bromance between Harvey Specter and Mike Ross. They're mm-hmm. becoming best friends. Um over the course of this show i see uh, a case of the week Mm -hmm. uh that's gonna happen so we're gonna see interesting cases we're gonna see uh i i I see oh uh one this was a weird thing i was seeing right mike ross and trevor's girlfriend had a strange little thing going (laughs) wasn't really weird i couldn't figure out if she was like his sister but yeah but there was that weird time where she like he like walked away and she like kind of bit her lip. There was a, there's a lot of lip biting. So yeah, so I I, I I I haven't I don't remember if anything happens with that. So that's just a small one. Yeah. Obviously, him and the Dutch Duchess of Sussex, <laughs> Meghan Markle, are going to get together at one point. Uh huh. Um, that's we obvious. got. Yeah, we got. I mean, we're going to see a lot of Gina Torres, hopefully in tight suit, um, tight suits or dresses. I'm sorry. I'm, that's just wish fever thinking on my fever. part. Fever episode. Fever episode. <laughs> I'm just saying. There was no reason for her to do that, but I really enjoyed it. Um, we got... 
Uh, but okay, yeah, we're gonna see. Oh, Lewis Lit is gonna be like the antagonist. He's gonna be yeah. like constantly trying to to take down Mike Ross and right. constantly trying to undermine uh, Harvey Specter. Yeah, so we're gonna see a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, I, I see with uh, Jessica Pearson and and Harvey Specter, there's gonna be kind of a love hate relationship going on as she's like his mentor mm-hmm. and um, wants him to do right, and he's not gonna do right because that's if he does right then there's no show right so you do there'll be a lot of that um yeah uh yeah. that's all i can think of right now uh yeah yeah I, I i agree with all of those um i think there's a there's a will they won't they with harvey and his secretary um i think okay. there might be a will there won't they with harvey and jessica but i think that like i think that as the show goes on it'll they'll probably play at it but i don't think they'll ever like fully yeah. commit to something like that's that. that's what it feels like for those two it feels like feels like uh kind of i'm going back to star trek but in voyager it seems like janeway and chakotay uh-huh yeah, yeah. Uh, did you watch that yes yeah yeah, yeah. It, was, it felt like those two that's what they are going to be playing at yeah time. yeah and there might be like one episode where they're like you know where they they like get close or something but like definitely it's not going down for yeah, real. it's not. It's not. They're not com- consummating that. No. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I think, and also, it's a buddy. It's a buddy cop. It's Batman and Robin. It's we're gonna keep getting that snappy witty dialogue. They're gonna keep ragging on each other, Mike and Harvey. Um. But through it, they're both gonna learn things. Like Mike's gonna learn how to be a boss lawyer, and Harvey's gonna learn how to be empathetic through Mike. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I got. Um, and then we also, we also sneakily got through some of our story threads that we think are, are coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think the big thing is, is like, what will happen when Lewis finds out about Mike and yeah. what will happen when Jessica finds out about Mike? I think those are two different reactions, but that's definitely coming. And Rachel, cause remember, oh, Rachel, yeah, Rachel wants to be a lawyer so bad. And right. This guy's unlicensed. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. They just cre- you know it, what's great about this is just like conflict. It's just conflict, mm-hmm. conflict, conflict abound, conflict internally, con- conflict externally, and it they just lay down the the dominoes for like eventually something's gonna happen where these characters are gonna run into some mm-hmm. sort of conflict. Anytime there's a there's a looming uh, secret out there, mm-hmm. it's just it's prime for drama. Mm-hmm. Prime for drama. Yeah. But once that, but here's the thing. Like my question is, once they find out about Mike, is the show done? Uh, you know what? You know, kind of reading ahead, I guess is like I found out that actually Mike leaves the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike P- Pearson and the Duchess of Sus- Sussex <laughs> leaves the show. Um before like the last two seasons okay so i don't know what the hell happens i'm curious actually yeah yeah, what the show turns into after that yeah but um i mean i think what happens what could happen if if mike gets found out in season four or some shit again i'm not a suits fan so those suits fans that know i'm sorry i don't know (laughs) but if he when he gets found out i'm assuming like we find a way to like get him licensed quickly we try to fix it Right. Um or or we or we go the one of the opposite routes where we just like punish him for it really bad mm-hmm. and sit him on the sidelines until he can come back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and be the lawyer he's supposed to be. Right, right, right. Um and then that turns like the Pearson firm into turmoil and they 
they need Mike so bad they ha- they have to find a way to you know right something right, like right, that. That right. that's how I'd imagine it happening, but I right. just don't know. Right, right, right. That's I mean that's really interesting. I'm curious. You know, um, we have so much TV to watch, so much TV to watch. So I like I can't see myself like continuing to go down the suits rat like I suits know. rabbit hole. But too long, man. Too much time. But I'm really curious about like hopping ahead and seeing like what happens without Mike because the pilot is so dependent on those two and mm-hmm. those two's dynamic. Um, all right. So what kind of cliffhanger is this? You know, at the end of the part two, they're walking out of the courtroom. Mike has just succeeded and gotten justice for this woman who also let's also just say like suits like low-key was like the minor leagues for succession because every episode <laughs> there's somebody from succession in it right <laughs> um yeah so they're walking down the thing they and you see um harvey and mike and they're, they're just kind of chatting is, it up what kind of yeah this is more like an 80s like high five freeze frame ending of the movie type of situation uh-huh this doesn't really follow this is a this is not a burning honestly it's not even a cliffhanger it's a it's not a burning question it's a it's a sizzling question mm-hmm. it's a it, obviously it's a question at the end but it's more like they built this uh, you could you could call it a main character activate if mm-hmm. you want um yeah you could call it a main character activate but it really is like the the course of this entire show as a main character activate right. really like uh so i wouldn't really call it that because it doesn't happen at the very end so i would say it's like a weak main character activate and then like a weak burning question you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. and i say that because it's like the question is like okay what are these two gonna get into it's it's not burning it's more like an excitement that you feel like yeah oh we just watched these guys do this cool thing together Oh, and I got to know what happens next. I got to know what right. they're going to get into next. Right. So it's not like a burning question like a normal cliffhanger is, but it does kind of have that that similar element that makes you want to keep going. Right. It's 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 just like we and we've watched a couple of different procedurals. Star Trek technically is a is kind of a procedural and like um not procedurals but in a sense like um serialized is it serialized serialized storytelling and Star Trek is like that and as well as Abbott Elementary. And I remember us saying, it's particularly the Abbott Elementary one, it's that the no, threat... Huh? Episodic. Episodic, yeah, excuse me, episodic. Um, the thing that we uh, that we realized with the episodic storytelling is the fact that like it's going to be the story threads that we anticipate coming that's going to be the, the ongoing stories. So, you know, every episode, Harvey's going to have an opportunity to learn a little bit more about empathy, but uh, by the end of the episode, Harvey's going to essentially reset back to old Harvey. So that way, Mm -hmm. no matter where I fall in the season, I'm still going to get the same Harvey that I know. He might be a little different here and there as the seasons progress, but essentially Harvey's going to be essentially a sociopath. Mike's going to be down and out and through it, they're going to learn some things about themselves. And then, but then by the end of it, they're going to get, they're going to reset. And the reset that I feel like it is, is what we see at the end of part two, which is them, you know, walking down the hallway, essentially lethal weapon esque, you know, in their slow motion walk into the sunset. Like that's what we'll get at the end of every episode. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Sweet. All right. 
All so right. you want to get into other yeah well, segments? Who's, yeah, who's your Steph Curry Award Award? Who is your Serena Williams Award? Who is the actor or department that could not miss? Hmm? What you got? I'm going with the uh, I'm going with Patrick J. Adams as my Steph Curry. Ooh, nice. Uh, the main character, Mike Ross. Um, I think. I don't know what it was about his his uh, character, but he seemed like a guy. He he's really unassuming to to look at, mm-hmm. um, and so I wouldn't really expect him to be the leader of a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he was doing a great job, carried it, um, and so so I really liked his performance with that. With that. Nice, nice. I'm actually gonna go the opposite direction. I'll go with Gabriel Mock. Who plays Hari? Um, yeah. And 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 this is what this is actually what beat like beat him out for me. Like he goes during the scene, the interview scene uh, with Mike. Through, through all the entire episode, he has this smirk on his face and his hands in his pocket. And 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 upon watching, I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like he's always kind of half smiling. Is he trying to be charming? Like this is gonna get old very quick. And then Mike shows off his superpower and he drops his and Gabriel drops his smile. And you're like, holy shit. Like whatever just happened completely changed the energy and the environment of the entire episode. And so then I'm like, oh, this guy. Yeah, this guy is he's 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 playing layers like that smirk that he has on his face is something that the character is doing. It's not something that the actor is doing. Nice. So that's why I give it to him. Nice, nice. Yeah. Look at him. Look at the director in, in training over here, man. <laughs> Just an actor admiring other actors. But I mean, I like, like it. But this, I mean, the cast is the shit. I mean, like everybody. No, yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's the thing about these shows. Like you, you kind of when you go back and watch them, you get surprised at how. I don't know. Just you just don't expect a show like this to be. Yeah, have so many killers on it. Yeah, you know, fire like just like drop like Lewis Lit, the guy playing Lewis Lit, just killing. fire, killing it. You know, Je- Jessica, fire, killing it, like killing it. Yeah, yeah, everybody really, honestly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all right, so let's let's move on. Let's go with the oh, what coldest line? You got your coldest line? I think we have the same coldest line. Sure. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. It, all right, so it's Harvey. It's it's Harvey. It's his, it's his introduction scene. He walks into, uh, he walks into Jessica's office. Uh, he's he's staring down. What's his name? Gerald. Staring Gerald. At Gerald. And he says, "I love this." He says, Second, the way our agreement works is the minute Cooper signed the deal, which gave you everything you wanted, our fee was due and payable, which is why at seven thirty, I received confirmation of a wire transfer from escrow, indicating payment in full. So I'd say the ball's in your court, but the truth is your balls are in my fist. Now, I apologize if that image is too pansy for you, but I'm comfortable enough with my manhood to put it out there. Now get your ass in there and close the goddamn deal. You let him talk to me like this? Harvey speaks for the firm. I say the ball's in your court, but the truth is your balls are in my fist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Was that yours? It is mine. Well, I'm yeah, <laughs> we I did not plan this. Too. I knew it was going to be yours. I that was it. yo. That it had a dirty element to it. <laughs> you always have one that has a dirty element to it. 
That's how I knew it was good. It's funny because I heard this line and I was like, oh, that's fire. That's fire. Um, that's a great line. Who, who wrote that? That's a great line to write. And I was like, Elijah's going to pick this one. I know he's going to pick this one. I want to read the whole thing out because I like, yeah. the, I like the rest of it too. Okay. Said, I, so, so I'd like to say, so, so I'd say the ball's in your court, but the truth is your balls are in my fist. Now, I apologize if that image is too pansy for you, but I'm comfortable enough with my manhood to put it out there. Which I love the whole thing because he was really like that dude was really trying to like intimidate him. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So yeah. Completely, completely try to demasculate him. And uh, instantly, like he, he turns it on his head. Harvey's like, fuck that. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, okay. What about your favorite scene? I'm curious. If we got the same one. Oh, um, favorite scene, favorite scene. You know, I was going to say that that scene was my favorite scene, I think, initially. But I think I do like the interview scene the first time that Harvey and Mike actually ha- are sitting in a room together. You're going to say that. I mean, but it's, it's such mine a, too. It's such a, but that whole, <laughs> the whole hotel beat is a great beat. Yeah, like it is. It's the, it's the call. Like it's the, as Mike is walking through the hotel, He's, he clocks things and at first watch he's clocking these things and it seems like you know it seems like almost as if the camera is is just kind of wandering because it will just like clock a hand or clock a sign or clock this that and a third and mm-hmm. then when it's time for Mike to put everything together you see the callbacks mm-hmm. which was like which was really because we're, we're clocking it with Mike in real time you know what I mean and then mm-hmm. once they get into the the interview together we auto- we automatically get their chemistry we get their their uh repartee it's it's fast it's 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 witty it's they're they're using words like wordsmiths it's just i think it's just such a great great how the hell did you know they were the police i read this novel in elementary school um cops are staking out a hotel one of them dresses as a bellhop the other is a man in a suit and it was the exact same thing you read a novel in elementary school. What? I like to read. And why'd you ask them what time it was? Uh, throw them off. I mean, what kind of drug dealer asks a cop what time it is when he's got a briefcase full of pot, right? We should hire you. Jesus, I'd give you the 25 grand as a signing bonus. I'll take it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's like it's like when you... Um, I just think about this sometimes. Like You know how when you meet new people uh-huh. and uh, you meet somebody... And you're like, we could be friends for real. Like, uh-huh. you know, you meet them for the first time. You're like, yo, that person might be I like them. I like them. We might be friends for real. That's how I felt like watching them, too. Yeah. In that scene. It was like these two guys, like they were meant to to find each other. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um. So that's why I really like that scene, too. It was just uh, like you say, it was just, again, where we're finding Mike's superpower and also Harvey's. Harvey's superpower is mm-hmm. like breaking the rules uh-huh. to um to advance him to advance what whatever his his particular you know personal uh desires are obviously he needed to pick somebody right he didn't want to do it and he found somebody who was not only clever but like not and not his intellectual equal but is like uh, you know super genius he's like okay i can use this guy yeah yeah yeah. it was was great it was a great scene yeah 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 yeah. i agree i agree i guess our juneteenth is probably the oh, same yeah. you already know so it's all the same really so we, we just got the same for everything 
gotta be Gina Gina Torres. It's gotta be Gina Torres. And no and no shade to Meghan Markle. No shade. No shade at all. Not no. at all. Because she, I, you know, she was great. But like Gina is a queen. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And like and, and and like and we're not just talking about. I mean, like Gina Gina Torres. <laughs> I mean, we are we are 15 years old, but also Gina Torres yeah. like is I mean the look that she gives Lewis Lit in very very at the very very top instantly we know exactly who this person is. She doesn't even have to say anything to put this other person in his place. It doesn't feel forced that she is that she is running this uh, law office. It is no. like she commands respect and she commands. Uh, high status and also like the way people play off of her we instantly know that this this person here is extremely comparable and extremely gifted we see the way that harvey looks at her we see the way harvey responds to the text message it's like you know what i mean like like her character is established both in the eyes of the other characters as well as her own performance as like being the shit so that's right yeah and and the thing is like the choice to the choice to have a, a black woman run one the biggest firm in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Afro 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 Latina Afro Latina. Well, mm-hmm. in in her she's Afro Latina, but yeah, but I mean, you know, you we don't know if she's Afro Latino in the show. Well, we can't like. Well, we I'm don't. Saying, we we don't. That's that's true. You can't you can't equate the race of the actor to the race of the character. But I think it's also very important because also at that point in time in 2010. Like Afro Latino representation wasn't as um, it wasn't it it's even today it's it's still like problematic in terms of like representation like it's not as at the forefront as it should be. Um, mm-hmm. However, like to have an Afro Latino person like being in a position of power um, mm-hmm. is I think extremely important. You know whether or yeah. not the character identifies as that is not or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that, that was just kind of my ignorance. Not not ignorance, but just what they gave her last name. You know, I'm just truth, you know, not truth. You know, Pearson was. Not. But um, but no, I mean, she just could be married. in terms of we ain't watched the show. True. <laughs> also true, also true. Um, but yeah, with the um Juneteenth award, that's what it's all about. I mean, they there's there's nobody you could pick. You couldn't have, you know, Rachel Zane, good character. She she gets better, but. For this particular pilot, it's gotta be Tina yeah. Torres. It's gotta be Jessica Pearson. Great. All right. So what is this? Is this a good pilot, a bad pilot, a decent pilot, a great pilot? What do you think it is? <laughs> I think it's a really good pilot. Um it's enjoyable. It does what uh it does it doesn't do it the norm the normal way because of the part one, part two. Like it's not like a normal piece of television. Mm-hmm. Even the part one isn't even like a normal yeah. pilot. Um but yeah, no, it's uh, it's a really, really good pilot. I mean, yeah. and 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 I would equate it to to it being super popular, but as we've talked about in previous episodes, that doesn't necessarily mean much to me. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, you but, we have your feelings. <laughs> but this, uh, I can tell why this one is popular. I yes. mean, I can tell why this was popular uh, for my own personal taste. Uh, in 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 television, uh, like I said, I do. I kind of do. Like you said, we got so much TV to watch, and there's so little time. Mm-hmm. I don't have the time to keep going with this one. I'm sure, but I am curious to know what happens. Like I really do want to know. Yeah, and that's the honestly. This is the tragedy of episode, the episode one show. 
the tragedy is we only watch the pilot and maybe two or three episodes after. <laughs> and then some of them are so good. We're like, damn it. I wish I could have, keep going, yeah. but you just can't sometimes. Just can't. I know. Cause, uh, cause in addition to like us having to watch stuff for this show, we also have to watch stuff just for ourselves. We have yeah. to watch self stuff with our, with our partners. And then exactly. we also, and then you Chichi got a don't baby. don't want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and you got a baby. So that's what YouTube bluey, not yet, not Bluey yet. We're watching Miss Rachel a lot on YouTube. Miss Rachel, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Miss Rachel is our third parent. <laughs> um, yeah. I would say that I would agree with you. I think it's a good pilot. I don't think it does anything um, like game changing, um, but I do think that it is. If you want a great example of like how to set up a procedural, I think that this is a a really, really, really great example of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah sweet all right so we're, we're winding down uh i like to, we like to wind down by giving some recommendations colin are mm-hmm. you you watching anything in particular yeah i am watching a couple things um and now of course every time somebody asks me this it like ex- escapes my mind did i write it down uh what am i watching that's good i'm watching a show on netflix i'm not really all the way into it but it's called um, The Brother's Son. Oh, yeah. I've read a bunch of stuff about that. Yeah. So I started it. It's actually pretty interesting. It's kind of kind of got a weird kind of like like comedy tone to it, but mm-hmm. it's super violent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it. So that would be probably my my big recommendation. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, I'm watching The Curse on Showtime. Um, and I would say it, it, the curse is not for, the curse is not for everybody. Um, you really got to be really into Nathan Fallian and, and, uh, the Safdie brothers. And if you're into that, then you'll be into this. I think I mentioned the curse before. Yeah, you did last yeah, time. So, yeah, um, I watched it actually by your recommendation. I watched, um, the first two or I think maybe just a pilot, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was pretty good. It was interesting. It's weird. It's weird. Definitely weird. Yeah. But it's not that weird. It's not as weird as like Nathan Fielder. If you ever watched Nathan for You or the yeah, other yeah. show he had on 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 HBO, those are like way weirder to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was a little primed for it. So it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't so strange to me. But I'll say that I can I can uh, for the people listening, the Scavengers Reign. That recommendation that Elijah gave last time, I wouldn't watch that. And I was hooked. It was awesome. That shit's fire. Please, that's another one I'll give you. Fire. I can I can put a <laughs> stamp of approval on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's like fire, fire, uh, fire sound effects, fire sound effects. And I think we're actually, stay tuned because I think we're going to cover that one here pretty soon because we we just kind of, we, we're two nerds. We have to kind of talk about we that. We have to do that. Bet. Yep. All right, cool. Uh, I know you're busy, so I know like it, it was the holidays, and you're probably not writing currently. Mm-hmm. No, no, I haven't been writing a lot lately. I've been reading. I'm interested in another project, and I'm researching for it right now. So I've been reading a lot on nice. uh, the subject, but that's about it. I haven't been writing too much. Just doing some ideating on some other projects. Bet. Bad, bad, bad. Um, I'm trying to I'm writing currently um, getting up every morning and trying to get at least 30, 30 minutes in 
uh, trekking along. Um, I did not outline what I'm writing right now. And so right now, currently, I'm lost in the weeds. So try to outline. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that, my, my, the same professor I told you about that inspired this show, she, um, she used to say that. She was like, don't ever write anything without writing an outline. Mm-hmm. And I used to, and anytime somebody says something like that to me, I'm like, I can do it. Mm-hmm. I can do it without an outline. It's never fun because then you get stuck. You get stuck, and then you're done. And then like, because you don't an outline just tell an outline just gives you the the blueprint. You can yeah. just coast all the way through. Yeah, and then at the end you can be like, this sucks. Yep, and I need to fix it. Yep. But if you if you do it without it, you'll go all the way to like the third act or the beginning of the third act, right. and then be like, fuck, what's next? How do I even end this? How do I complete this shit? Yep, and then. You'll, you'll not know where to go next. You'll, ha- you'll have to backtrack and be like, where are my characters going? Mm-hmm. What is the motivation? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, from those, you know, us, the, us new writers who are still <laughs> trying to figure it all out. Don't do what we've done in the past. Write do it out loud. Out, do outline. <laughs> yeah, write it out loud. I mean, the one time I, I finished, um, when I finished my pilot, um, I outlined it beforehand. And you can, you just you're just flowing because you're like, okay, I got to get to this scene. I got to get to this scene. I got to get to this scene. And the two I'm writing a play now. And the other play I wrote in the past, I haven't wrote outlines for that. And they're just, and they just meander. They just meander and meander. So outlines, outlines, outlines. Yeah. Outlines. Key. Key. We should, we should do some more like writing, writing centric episodes or like throw another segment in there that, Give some advice of some kind. We got to do better about getting the audience involved, getting the community building. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of how we get the community building, follow us on socials. <laughs> yes. Follow us on all the socials on X, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, on all that stuff. We're all there. We are at the episode one show. Pretty easy to find. And soon and very soon we will be on uh on our website, you can you can find us there. Um, this is a Hermit House production, so you'll find us under that umbrella. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you'll be able to find us pretty easily from pretty much anywhere you f- look on things on the internet. Yep, yep. And then we're what we're covering next is Reservation Dogs, which is gearing up. We just they just finished their last season, so we're really excited to hit that pilot. We did this in a not released episode way way back. Way, way back when we first started, but we felt uh-huh. we both felt like we need to actually come back to it. Um, so we're gonna do Reservation Dogs next, uh-huh. and yeah, and that's it. Yep. Thanks for listening. We love everybody who listens, and we uh, hope. Oh, also, yes, five star reviews. Share it with your friends. If mm-hmm. if you say, oh, uh, my buddy likes TV. Okay, cool. Send that link. Sit, hit the share button and send a link through text message. All that stuff really helps. And if you feel so inclined, please send us or write us a uh, a comment up mm-hmm. underneath any of those reviews. Those things really, 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 really help. So we thank you for those. Yeah. All awesome. right. See you next time. And as Elijah says on the end of every episode. Peace, peace.